Hey folks, this is a little pre-podcast message to let you know that this episode was recorded a little while before it was released. Between the time we recorded it and released the episode, the single-use plastic laws in New Zealand did come into effect and some other things happened too. So if you think a couple of bits sound weird, that's the context. Now with that out of the way, let's hear from our fantastic sponsor for this episode. Thanks heaps to Huckleberry, your organic grocer, who believe in organics for everyone. Head into your local Huckleberry to make the most of their weekly specials or shop online at huckleberry.co.nz. Hey everyone, welcome back to How to Save the World. I'm Waveney. And I am Tim. Hey Tim. Hey, how you doing? Good, yeah, how you doing? Uh, Good and slightly hungry and possibly a little iron deficient. Iron deficient. Yes. Yeah. I'm not. That's good. I've been iron deficient in the past, but... You sorted it out. Yeah. Had those little pills. Yeah. That are supposed to, like, make you constipated. And you didn't have that? No, I didn't have that. Hey, congrats. Yeah. It's great to hear. I won't inquire after you. It's fine. We'll just... I will give a full up-to-date report on the podcast of of how it all goes. The reason why I might be a little bit iron deficient is I'm rebalancing at the moment because uh, I've decided to try veganism for one month. Oh, because you were just a vegetarian. Yeah, I was pescatarian before, oh. so I was still eating seafood and stuff. So you've jumped right over vegetarian. I have. I, I've bunny hopped it. Um, but just, I'm only so hang committing on. This iron deficiency, has it yeah. kicked in like... Probably not. Prior... Is it because you've gone vegan for a month? Yeah, yeah, And your yeah. iron's reacted that quickly to well, it? Well, I'm guessing. I'm throwing it out there. I feel slightly tight. It's probably got more to do with the fact that I've also got a, a young puppy who wakes up in the middle of the night. <laughs> do you think that makes you iron deficient? I don't know. But, um, um, yeah, it's a yeah. fun little experiment to see. It's, wow. Mm. And so do you hope that you can actually be vegan? Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting going from mocking vegans for like 15 years to becoming one. How's that going for you? Uh, it's, it's going okay so far. It turns out salads are really easy. <laughs> Do you know? You kind of, <laughs> turns so, out salads nice. Yeah. Well, it, it, you keep going, oh, what do you, what do you eat now? What can you eat? And it's like, oh, I eat quite a lot of salads, to be honest. I've got to get better at things like tofu and, um, meat alternatives. Some of it's really expensive though. Like that sun fed chicken. Packaged. How are you getting on with the packaging? Uh, I have found that before with with uh, some quite crazy alternative things. Yes. Yeah. Well, the packaging thing I'm certainly more cognizant of after our chat about packaging, but um, I'm I'm focusing on the vegan diet. Yeah, thing yeah. Right do it now. one at a time. One eh? step at yeah. a time. So, what was your motivation? Water mainly. What? To going vegan? Yeah. Really? Yeah, water usage. Wow. There was, um, in particular, there was, and I've heard a lot of stats from all over the shop, but there was quite a clarifying episode of a, um, there's a Netflix show that Vox make. Vox are like a media company mm. in, in America, and it's called Explained, and it's a um, web series based on their podcast called Today Explained, and they've got one on water, and they basically go, hey, guess what, everyone? We are completely out of fresh water. Yeah. And and then they talk about like um, there's that stat that it, it takes uh, about 15,000 litres of fresh water to make one kg of beef and it takes about one one hundredth of that to make like a kg of cabbage. Yes. And so, yeah, it's just around that thing. I like to live in a way where if, if, if it, you know, the majority of people are going to replicate the way I live, exactly. then we I'm would probably yeah. be in a good yeah. spot. Yeah. So I'm just trying where I can to make those 
shifts. Yeah. So it's interesting. I find it interesting that we're both going down quite different paths. Yeah. It's like same logic yeah. and stimulus, and I we're, we're getting the same intel, but we've yeah we're making quite different. It. Yeah, it's quite interesting that. Yeah. Like I find it a challenge. I do quite like my meat. Yeah. And now you've gone one step further. You've knocked out cheese. Yes. Yeah. That's a big one. It is. Yeah. See, that's a big one for the, the packaging as well. It's really hard to get cheese without plastic. and. Yeah. Well, I guess it's got to be basically hermetically sealed, mm. right, for it mm. to stay mm. all good. I don't know. All these interesting wee challenges. So you're, you're fine. So you're doing a month challenge and actually you're finding it fine. I yeah. have set myself a month. It's not How like. How far through are you? Uh, it, uh, as of recording, one week, one week. And I, d- I did about two days before at the end of last month so I could just get a little ramp into it, you know? A run up. A run up. Because I, I figured I'll screw it up at yeah. some point. And I have, yeah. I've had some stuff where I accidentally ate something and went, oh, crap, there's an egg product on it. Oh, so um, now are you have to, that, maybe that's why I haven't partly done it because it means you have to get quite focused and you're all lo- looking at the ingredients and yeah. then you have to, you'd have to get online and work out what things mean and but what additives. Uh, it's true. Yeah. But it has never, ever been easier in the history of time to, to do this sort of stuff, to either go vegetarian or vegan or whatever um just especially being in a big city you're so well catered for and um there's so many great websites and resources the Mm. biggest thing for me is someone put me on to uh i've forgotten the name of it but it's the first search result that comes up on google when you look up beers to Mm. see if they're vegan Mm. so it's just a big laundry list of all these different alcohols to tell you whether or not it's vegan so i like go into bars i'm like oh it turns out most beers these days are vegan. Yeah, right. Like it's wine is a little bit different because they use fish scales for I think some of the filtration process. Oh, what about egg yolk? Yeah, they I, something. I think you're right. Yeah. There's something to do with that with wine as yeah. well. We'll get into that in a future episode, I'm sure. We should do a booze episode. Oh yeah. But um, but oh, yeah, in terms of the beer thing, it's uh, so it's it's pretty easy. Yeah, well, it's good for rubbish as well. That was a delight to learn that um, uh, most of the time it's, um, well, you can get it very easily. Are you uh, talking beer? Yeah, or, uh, yeah, alcohol generally. Right. Like um, it's, uh, the, the worst you could do is get it in a recyclable container and then uh, you, the, the best you could do would be to sit at the pub and have a beer yeah. with all of the kegs and the refillable everything. And if you uh, get crafty on it these days, you can bring your own, uh, yes, what are they called? Yes, flagons. Flagon, yep. yeah. That's a word that might need some explanation. It's just a big jug of beer. <laughs> you got it's your flagon. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, I'll give updates. But it is, it's it's definitely, I think, a little bit harder than when I went from full meat eating to pescatarian, which I did a couple of years ago. It is slightly is it? more. Yeah, it is. I think slightly. So you found it than easier that. to give up meat. Yeah. Generally, I think so. Then, huh? Oh, I guess you see. So that makes sense. There's more tricky little yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. The, tricky the meat things. thing's very yeah. obvious. It's like, is this a steak? No. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I can yeah, eat yeah. it. Yeah. That's the but, level I'm at too with the plastic. Is this plastic? Exactly. Yeah, so now you've got to look stuff up. Although Oreos and Skittles, both vegan, I found out to my great delight. Excellent. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> the overall sustainability footprint of Skittles would be amazing, but probably not great. Doesn't matter. Does Baby it? steps waving it, it, it is, it's, and it's it's demystifying and uncomplicating things, isn't it? So that we can take steps. Exactly. We try to do it all at once. Exactly. It's exactly yeah. It's yeah. Similar journey. <laughs> like screw it, I'm going to do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Because we're not experts, right? No. And to be able to. 
take action and know that it's actually meaningful and really doing something yeah. um, without having to be an expert and weighing. Actually, I used to get quite um, weighed down myself, but then particularly if just with speaking with people, there's always those questions of, um, is it better to be organic or local or uh, organic or packaged? Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, I just do not engage yeah. in any of that now. Great. It's like, it's just... Just do something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the fact that you're doing that's something we and should, even thinking about it. Maybe that's what we should have called this podcast. Just do, do something. Do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. But, um, yeah, it's, today I thought we could... Um, anything more on the veganism? No, I'll keep that's you updated. But that's a, there's, there's a whole delicious world of food out there, people, that don't involve animal products. So, um, it's not. it's not... It's certainly not impossible. You don't feel deprived. I wouldn't say that, mm. but I'm. Like, I'm <laughs> Quickly move on. It's worth it. Yeah, is what I would say. Yeah, so awesome. far, we'll mm. see how I feel at the end of the month. Mm. Mm. I'll look forward to hearing more. Um, maybe I could do a vegetarian week. That would have actually. I'd do that without even. I'd do that anyway. Um, so we've got uh, the bag, the plastic bag ban in New Zealand. Why are we getting rid of them? So. A plastic single-use bag mm-hmm. is bad because it's plastic, it's single-use, and it's a bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's been a great podcast, everyone. Yeah. Tune in next episode <laughs> where we break down three words again for you. Uh, so, plastic uh, is a baddie because uh, it lasts forever. It's uh, well, actually, that's that's a contested point. We actually don't know how long plastic lasts, but it causes issues in the environment because even when it breaks into millions of little pieces that we can't see, it doesn't change its state. Right, it remains plastic, and it gets into eventually gets into the very basic food chain molecules, and it starts accumulating. Right, because when stuff consumes. An organic yes, material yes. that doesn't break down. It yeah, kind so of it starts it all small, like mercury and big fish. Yeah, the, they the the as you keep eating it and eating it higher up the food chain. So that's like a really human centric. Do you want to just really quickly like explain that phenomenon a little bit? And maybe the fish thing is a good metaphor so, for this. Um, the plastic, let's say it's a thousand years from now and it's broken down to lots of tiny little pieces. And then it gets eaten by something that just assumes it's uh, food. Maybe it can't even see the difference. Then it that thing in turn gets eaten by something. And because there's the plastic inside of it that is never breaking down, it actually gets absorbed into your cells and other functional parts of your body. And then it just basically stays in the food chain. So whatever eats that thing. So like a li- so we've got say, uh, or algae's a bad example. The tiny little fish, yeah, is eating a tiny little amount of this plastic, yeah. And then slightly bigger fish are eating all those little fish. Yes, and they so they, it's kind so of they, they metabolize the fish, but yeah. not the plastic. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, of course, because the rest of that material is organic, so yes. it can be processed in the right way. Yeah, plastic can't because it isn't it's petrochemical. Yeah, yeah. and then Plus so these, it goes these, up. Like, uh, gosh, is the right? What's the right word? Is it these chemicals that don't bond with water in the ocean? Hydrophobic. Oh, that's it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and they bond with the plastic. 
so plastic in itself can be quite inert but what tends to happen in the ocean is that the these tiny molecules bond with all of these um, particles and they get very very toxic uh, so the toxins themselves can um, be an issue just be- not the plastic but the actual toxin that's bound with it wow yeah um, well, so it's like a little sponge for these toxins yes it is oh, it's like a little sponge and the longer it sticks around the um the worse it gets uh so and then there's the physicality of plastic too the fact that it uh, can be mistaken for food like a larger chunk chunk and fed um by parents to their babies and it just clogs up the baby's stomachs and they die um, and the animal world presumably uh, not humans are doing yeah. that <laughs> i don't know of any humans doing that um so that's plastic, and then you've got the, what did I say, the single-use element of it? Because, mm. I mean, there's so many things that are plastic that are actually quite useful, and we actually do intend to use them, and they're quite valuable to us. But to, to use plastic, which is an amazing material, for a single-use uh, function, it's just... It's this crazy thing we've gotten used to that we're using something once and something that is actually designed to last forever. Yeah. Like you say, oh, I was at, I was, it's hard. Would you say I have to take that bag because I'm coming home and I don't have any. And so I have to take the thicker one. Well, like I don't, I don't drive. So I don't yeah, have exactly. them in my so, car. So, so this, like I don't. So how do we get into this headspace where yeah. it's like, yeah, I have to have that bag because I'm in the situation where I'm not driving or whatever it is. Um, or, you know, maybe you've got some screaming kids in the car and you have to because everyone's hungry. But we forget because it's this thing that's so normal for us. But these bags or any plastic is, put it this way, any plastic that hasn't been burned mm. ever is still here. And we're just getting started. Like, it doesn't go anywhere. We don't know how long it takes to break down. We know that it's going to be causing problems for thousands of years. That's such a terrifying way to put it. Because we haven't even had plastic that long. Exactly. It hasn't really been 100 years, especially of this large-scale disposable, which is the big issue. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's that's one of the things that gets me more than anything, is that we're using this, what could be a precious an amazing resource yeah i saw this um video that was filmed in the 50s or maybe around that time of a scientist had a glass bottle and he dropped it on the ground and it shattered and then he had the new plastic technology and he dropped that on the ground and it didn't break and he said this is the most amazing technology ever. We're only ever going to need one of these and it's going to last us oh, for no. decades because you can't break it. He got it a bit wrong. He got it a bit wrong. Oh, no. Well, no, it. actually, we got it a bit wrong. He got it dead right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's how we should have yeah. been using it. Yeah. But so that's, that's, that's the second aspect of it. And then the third aspect of what's particularly wrong with a single-use plastic bag is the fact that it's a bag. Uh, which is an interesting one because it's really lightweight. And so particularly bags have just gotten into the marine environment because they fly around and they're hard to kind of keep in one place. In a landfill, if a bag actually, well, when they do successfully make it to landfills, they're inert. 
What does that mean? A- inert is uh, it just sits there, yeah, without any chemical reactions. There's no uh, light in a landfill. Oh, There's interesting. No, um, air. It's not transforming into some other substance yeah. that can seep into something. It's no. just it is. So ironically, just the plastic. yeah, uh, the thing that's really toxic and bad in a landfill is like a paper bag. Why? Be- because it's. So it's the, uh, I think it's the carbon, yes, it's the carbon in paper or um, uh, wood or mm-hmm. um, vegetable scraps or just anything that's ever been alive. Like yeah. if we were to throw a dead cat in or something, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pretty extreme, okay, from, yeah. But it has happened. Uh, so anything that's ever been alive, mm-hmm. when that breaks down in these uh, conditions in the landfill, without air, without light, uh, rather than breaking down in the normal way, which is fantastic. Well, it's, yeah, it's as, how as, that's how we have compost, to, and yeah, that's yeah. how we grow our food, and that's mm. where life comes from, and that's that's the good way the to return or, it to the earth. Organic it, cycle exactly. of carbon. Yeah. yeah, but when you interrupt that and you put it in a landfill with other toxins, mm-hmm. um, like one example would be uh, the the uh, in wood when you treat it, that's you've created a very toxic uh, product. Yeah, uh, and then those toxins eventually, so eventually over hundreds of years, that wood will break down, I releasing see. methane all the time. Right. And so it's as organic stuff breaks down in the landfill that mm-hmm. um, you get the methane, which is twenty three times worse than carbon dioxide. So it's a really really bad uh, global greenhouse gas. And is there would that methane be released into the atmosphere? Like, what's the is the problem with the landfill that it's all concentrated into one location, or is it the fact that there's these chemicals that have sort of bonded with the carbon product and that's creating mm, something the, going on? It's particularly that it's anaerobic, so no air. So, oh, so that actually changes the release of yes, like the, yeah. You so normally it's not wouldn't the fact get... that it's all together. Normally, you wouldn't get it at all. Ah, oh, yeah, right. In fact, usually it would be sequestered so in other words uh you like if it was wood or or banana peels or whatever and uh an environment say in the forest or in a compost heap uh it's then used as an input for more carbon to grow whether it's a tree or so we're so i'm just going back to the plastic bag thing yeah uh i'm really concerned that we will rather than looking at this a bit deeply and going yeah i get it i have to take my own bags it's not that hard i'll give it a go Mm -hmm. that we will go oh it's not fair i want a bag provided and everyone will jump up and down and next thing there'll be these paper bags going out and then we'll be throwing them in the landfill which will create a which huge amount create, of methane. Yeah, more in terms of a landfill and mm-hmm. in terms of methane will create more problems than plastic bags and Wow, that's interesting. So the um one difference that there will be I would assume is that with paper bags if they get into the marine environments that the impact isn't as great because paper does break down. If a paper bag ends up in the marine environment or any other environment if it's thrown around on the street mm-hmm. or what have you, totally fine. Yeah. I'm assuming there's some chemicals that treat the, like, maybe colour the paper or something oh, like that, true. which maybe yeah, seep in, yeah. but I don't know what concentration. But that's a really good point. They would um, be at. Yeah, and I think, um, 
Often it's a brown paper bag, isn't it, for yeah. shopping? So hopefully we just keep rolling with that and don't yeah. decide. It's when you decide you want your paper bright white that you... A bleached one or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think those bleaches are quite harmful. That's so interesting. So <clears throat> with these single-use plastic bags, like we've already... We've been using them for so long. Yeah. For so many decades. And yeah. there's so many. And they're just, they're just sitting around, not breaking down... In the place where we buried them. That's right. They'll, they'll be. That's the best scenario. They that's don't you, go that's anywhere. What you, that's but what we, you want them to be. We uh, keep adding to the number, but there's yeah, no way for the number yeah, to reduce no. in terms of like the mass of plastic. Yeah, yeah. So just to qualify that, because I'm yeah. sure it will be popping into people's heads, there is um, waste energy, which is when you burn your rubbish to create energy. Um in New Zealand, that's not a great option at all, and it's quite arguable overseas as well because uh, the infrastructure for that is really expensive, and so it actually ironically creates this need for whatever, whether it was the council, whoever it was that bought it, mm. to feed it with waste. Because you need and an incredible amount of heat, right? You to, need, yeah, and which so means once you need it's on, exactly, it's yeah, exactly. So it's um. And then I think, well, I don't know. I've heard that you can have some pretty amazing uh, sort of extractor and, and systems that mean that the the off gassing isn't too bad. They can uh, capture the things like uh, methane and other bad gases that are coming off of that fire. Yes, supposedly. Uh, yeah, but not uh, not in a bulletproof sort of a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sort of depends on who you've gotten to do the study. Sure. Okay. Uh, but the main thing about that is that waste is a resource. We really need to be thinking of waste as a resource. And Rather not, than a fuel. It, yes. Like we don't need it, in New, particularly in New Zealand. We've got clean energy here. We've, we've got uh, the, the hydro and solar's coming on. And This is really interesting for me because I um, – I can't remember what country actually has them. It's one of the Scandinavian yeah, countries, the right? Have them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Norway or something yeah. that's got these underground furnaces that burn rubbish at a huge scale to generate energy. Mm. And I always thought, like, surely that's the dream. Like, mm. we should all be doing that. But I can totally understand why that mm. would be an issue and that it creates a constant need for you to keep up that amount oh, of rubbish look, going if we in. had some sort of if we were in a different scenario where we weren't running out of resources yeah then maybe <laughs> that would be a nice easy thing to do but given we're um running out of wood running out of everything mm. um why have the system where we're we're so good at stripping things out really fast yeah. out of the environment using it once and chucking it we need to just keep on working on how we can create these loops um and the other thing is employment. If we don't burn our waste, we have uh, a great opportunity to create lots of jobs as well. Because we've still got this resource that we need to do exactly, something Exactly, and with. people need to, whether it's denail the wood or artists might use all sorts of things to create products. Like I bought a pair of jandals once that made out of an old conveyor belt um, strip. That's got, my the, brother actually got me a really cool shoulder bag that's made out of an old billboard. Oh, yes, of, and I've got a bag flute, made out of, yeah, I know the one you mean, um, and I've got a bag made out of bike inner tubes awesome. sewn together. It's really cool. So I'm glad all of that stuff didn't go up in smoke. So yeah. that's one, uh, and so the plastic chemical sort of footprint of plastic, even after it's burned, is still it's still there. Like it doesn't mm. just disappear. It just turns into a gas that's in the atmosphere. And the other thing that people might be thinking is, well, you can recycle plastic. Hey, Waveney, you can recycle plastic, though. So, hey, Tim, when you recycle plastic, it's not alchemy. 
like it's, it's still plastic <laughs> yeah. when you've recycled it. It doesn't turn into anything. It turns into other kinds of plastic. That's right. And what happens to that plastic? Like all it is is just part of a, it's just on its journey to landfill. Like unless we're genuinely going to create a product that we're going to all love for the next thousand or so years and use. It's like we're, we're thinking, oh, great, we've created, you know, a plastic park bench and we'll be stoked if we get 10 years out of it. This episode of How to Save the World is brought to you by Huckleberry. Huckleberry are amazing. Did you know that at Huckleberry, you can head into store for a free 15-minute consultation with a qualified naturopath who will formulate personalized herbal remedies and recommended supplements especially for you? I did know that. Did you know that you can even ask for help when selecting personal care products for your face and body? I did not know that. They sound like the most helpful people on earth. They are. I'm going to find my local Huckleberry right now at huckleberry.co.nz. So here is, I think, the reason why we've got so much plastic and a concept that I've been thinking about a little bit recently. We've missed this. There's a real crucial bit missing at the moment where the money that it costs to produce these things doesn't represent at Mm. all. There's no priced in bit of the harm it's Mm. doing. Mm. And... That is like such a hard thing to change because mm. it's very sort of, it's like a real philosophical change that needs to happen. Yeah. Especially when it's just left to us yeah. as consumers who might not be experts. Well, it or... can't, we, it can't be, right? Like for, this is the thing I've been thinking about is that there's kind of no way for individuals, that's, that, it's not a function that individual people, individual humans and mm. agents can do. That has to be a collective action from on high from governments like what specifically getting making it the expense of these products and these processes Ah, to reflect the actual cost so and how do you do that you would have to you do things like you tax it and then that money goes into trying to restore some of the environment that you're destroying with this process because it's just like it's this whole chunk of reality that we're just ignoring Oh, absolutely. And, and then it's so just being left out the of the whole thing. The flip side of what you're saying is what we've got now, which is voluntary standards. So, and that's what uh, these big businesses or any business will argue is that, yeah, and they'll, they'll showcase people doing some great stuff and say, it's just so much better for us. And look, we're already acting in this space. So just leave us alone and yeah. let us continue on this journey towards yeah. uh, sustainability. It's the government's job. Mm. We've got to lobby the government to change the rules mm. because the corporations will always maximize their profits. Mm. It's what they're there mm. to do. That mm. is their sole job. Mm. So we're targeting the wrong people. We need to change the law because the corporations have to obey the law. Oh, they'll do everything they can to not, mm. and they'll do everything they can to change it in their favor. Mm. But like us boycotting products and, mm. you know, doing social media campaigns and hashtags and stuff for, for you know, an individual company yeah. is like not where the energy needs to be spent. We need to change the rule book, mm. surely. I've got a, oh, it's, I agree with you, but it's more like a, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more complex because I think that boycotting and, and the way we consume is is actually very important as well. Yeah. Um, I think both are possible simultaneously as well. It's not and, like you have then, to pick one. But. No. And I think it's also that political 
chicken and egg thing too where so if you're the government you're kind and you're saying you're wanting to do some some great innovative legislation around sustainability you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place when you've got big businesses saying look if if you pass that we're just gonna leave uh, your country we won't produce here anymore we're gonna go off somewhere else or whatever the threat is mm-hmm. And so they hold a very real power. You've got governments looking at that going, we're going to get voted out. And then we're not going to have any power anyway if the people realize that we're now screwing employment opportunities or whatever. So they're they're stuck there. Like businesses really kind of have them. Uh, And then conversely, if they do something that is really unpopular with people. Yeah. They move too fast. Exactly. They'll mm. get voted out. Yes. And so yeah, yeah, we say that, oh, the government needs to do this and that. But actually, we, the citizens, yeah. are, are, I, I still feel like it's us with the power because it's us that everyone's sort of looking to. Like businesses will jump straight away as soon as there's a profit to be had or they realize this particular um, line's not selling well because everyone's decided to boycott it or whatever. Mm. And likewise, governments, and this plastic bag ban is an interesting one because it's been around for years, this idea, and yet it was only, they were only brave enough to do it when they were sure that, it was uh, something that had reached that critical mass. Yeah, of that New Zealanders okay were actually not just okay with it, but were actually prepared to. Because ex- what you were saying is so true. It's like, how how are we going to get out shopping? Like, yeah. it's such a huge thing for a government to step in and yeah. say, this really basic way you've got of carrying something, we're going to make illegal. Yeah. And so they have to be really, really sure that we've got their back on that. Yeah. How do you know anything about the kind of history of that campaign? How it ca- how it managed to get into law? Yeah, well, a little bit. Yeah, it was. Um, like, how when did this this movement away from plastic bags start? Sort of in earnest. Has this been a thing bubbling away in New Zealand for like yes, decades? Yes, or? It, it, I think it would be safe to say decade. But then it's it's. Um, it's when you start getting to that point where it bursts out of the sustainability movement and into your just your regular normal person. Yeah, uh, when the Herald starts and, reporting on yeah, it. Yeah, and when when you go to Christmas with the family and people are actually talking about it. Yeah. And so I think that has been something that's happened quite quickly. Yeah. It feels quick. Yeah, yeah. But Hopefully so that been, speed will come to other issues as well. I, I feel like it will. And I just wanted to throw in there, actually, when you mentioned that, that there's been a couple of really key campaigns as well. Um, and then, like, Bags Not have been amazing. Uh, what, so what is their, what are they? They were a campaign that came on board, I'm not quite sure exactly when, but about maybe a year or so before the announcement that we were going plastic bag free. Mm-hmm. And their whole their whole purpose was to campaign and get your average New Zealander to connect with the issue, sign a petition. They got, well, they're part of a wider movement. They mm-hmm. got an amazing number of petitions signed and um, went off to parliament. And that was that was the clincher, I think, right. for Jacinda to see that the sheer number. She said she completely underestimated just how much of an issue it was. But, really? Yeah. 
Interesting. Mm, mm. That's so cool. Yeah. And apparently there were lots of children involved as well. That was something that she mentioned when she made her press release. She she said she couldn't believe the amount of children that had been writing and talking about the dolphins and the the marine environment. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it has been around for a long time. It's not necessarily... um, like if you if you got a bunch of experts in the room and said what is the one thing that we should have banned it's, it might not be plastic bags it might have been something else but um, I don't think that matters at all. This is this is one that it's bad. It's undeniably bad. Even if it's it, not it, number it, one, it's on the list of villains. It, it, it is. It's yeah. It's a shocker. But the but I guess what I mean in terms of saying it, it doesn't matter actually. Sort of where because I have heard people kind of going oh well you know they. Oh, well, it's not really that important compared to this other big issue or whatever. Um, oh, so that argument of like, oh, we're banning plastic bags, like but we fo- should be focused yeah, on child was, poverty or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, I think the thing in terms of sustainability and for us as a nation is that it's this enormousness of a big issue that's going to affect our daily lives and that we're all together in it saying, yeah, all right, let's make a change and... Um, do something for the environment that we know is going to be really powerful. And then once you've done that once, mm. because that's the thing, there isn't any difference between a disposal or a single-use plastic bag and those those ones on the fruit and veg department on the roll. Yeah. There's no difference. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and once the penny drops, yes. then, and so we're going, okay, well, maybe I can, because these little net bags that you can buy for yeah. fruit and veg. So then, you know, the, that might be the next step. So, and then one day you realize, well, hang on a minute. This what about- is such a good point. And I hadn't ever considered this with the, the plastic bag ban, but it's going to be such a psychological difference yeah, for New I Zealanders. So. Yeah. And they'll go, they will, they'll start looking at the products in the aisles. Mm individually mm, wrapped mm. you know fun-sized chocolate bars or I, this is the worst one i've ever seen a bag of marshmallows where each marshmallow no. was individually in its own plastic wrap no. and it just it, i was like this is the saddest oh. most infuriating thing i've ever seen Gosh. in my life so but you're right you i wouldn't when i was growing up we were not attuned to this sort of stuff no. but as time goes on and these sorts of campaigns come into the public public consciousness and these petitions arise even if they don't affect legislation per se it's great that this one did but it's still that behavioral change that just makes you think and you see stuff and you're like oh yeah it's gonna like turn everyone on to starting to look at their shopping a bit differently yeah i think so and then yeah like you say like that people connecting with their power to influence as well like whether it's through the way you shop or whether it's supporting really the government i think and well, I guess depending on who's been voted in, but often on what they want to do anyway, but yeah. feel like they, they have their hands tied. Or There's a lot of power that comes from a win, isn't there? Like when you get environmentalists mm. for this particular mm. thing, environmentalists who go, holy crap, who expected that to work in this time frame? <laughs> yeah. What else can we do? Yeah. What's the next yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah and then you start advocating for another change. Good space, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that this is this is so nice because after the palm oil one, it seemed like <laughs> we we needed something a little bit positive. Yeah. So this has actually worked out to be a great tonic for that. Yeah, that it's ep. good. It's good. And the other cool thing about it is that um, we've got 
I've, I don't know if it's hit you, but a huge, or if you've engaged with it, but actually this enormous confusion around some of the sort of eco-friendly packaging, like bioplastics. Oh, and yeah. That kind of stuff. Like you Take might, me through it. You what? might buy, say, a bag. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know the, those um, plastic bags with the little frog on them? Yeah. Little gre- a little green frog little logo. Green frog, yeah. yeah. And it's got like the arrows around it, I think. Like a recyclable Like a recycling thing, yeah. yeah. So they say, they used to say on their bag that they're a degradable plastic bag. Okay. Um, and recently I checked them out and now they say biodegradable. Uh, anyway, the thing about uh, these guys, and not, and I don't mean to villainize them at all, this is just the whole packaging sector is just completely rife with it, is that they have taken some words that we don't have like um legal oh yeah definitions around sure. like biodegradable degradable compostable there's no legal definition of no. what that means and so which means that you can use it for anything you could legally say that um styrofoam was um biodegradable because there's no standard legally yeah, speaking yeah, yeah. that you can prove it right or wrong yeah i mean i think you i mean i think you might be able to take someone to court and have a try but yeah yeah um, sort of probably a common sense thing if you yeah, get a must, surely yeah but, but oh, so, so 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 they're they, just they whacking take, that on anything yeah so well they've got a um a so in terms, if you look at it on the molecular level the plastic uh, big long long strings of what is that carbon I don't know. You tell me, ma'am. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Supposed to be Chemist, I am none. I hated chemistry at school. <laughs> but long, long strings of molecules. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, they add something to it that basically chops them up. So rather than it looking like a plastic bag for thousands of years, it will, bi- it will degrade, as in break up, yeah. not biodegrade, as in return to the earth. Yeah. So it doesn't change anything about it. It's it doesn't plastic. re-enter that good carbon cycle that no, all organic No, in fact, does. it just breaks down quicker into what we were talking about before, where you've got the little plastic molecules. That I, in my up. head, I'm thinking of them as like microbeads. Is that a Yeah, fair, but just way, way smaller. Way smaller. Like, can't see them. Yeah. 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 And so they've just added this component into it to make it break up really fast in the environment, which of course is um, worse than a regular plastic bag. Because at least if you just had one bag, that's way more, yeah, safer uh, for just maybe one animal might get caught up in it as opposed to thousands. So those guys uh, with their so-called biodegradable bag and then a, a whole bunch of other companies that are actually making quite good products that were genuinely compostable bags, like mm. as in home compostable, because you can get a lot of products that say they're compostable, and they are if you've got access to a commercial facility, Okay, which, of course, we don't. Well, it depends where you're listening, but most New Zealand listeners wouldn't. Um, so that can be quite tricky too. You've, you've bought something and you think, oh, great, I can throw it in my compost heap, and then, of course, it won't break down. So, Man, I had I have a real life example of this. Yeah, my f- old flatmate who I used to love kept buying coffee cups that said biodegradable on them and ah, just putting them in oh, our. Oh, that's the perfect example. Our yeah. normal compost. I was like, yeah. stop fucking putting it yeah. in there, dude, because yeah. it doesn't. It just stays yeah. the cup. Yeah, exactly. And it's in all the grass clippings. Yeah, and whereas he would have been like saying, "Oh, it says on it that yeah. it's compostable." Yeah. And fair play, but really, it's we need much better. Um, 
labelling and directions. People just need to come to the party and just write on it quite clearly how you just dispose of it. So what is the difference between a commercial composter and the one that I've got around the side of the house? It's heat. So a commercial compost gets up really nice and high. So um, they are able to break down. So there's a, there's a there's a polymer called PLA. PLA is a molecule that is made from vegetables, but it's been manipulated into such a way that it looks and acts like plastic. So uh, that's if you ever see those those like smoothie cups with a shiny plastic lid or yeah. whatever, um, but it says compostable. Yeah, that's PLA. And is that good or um, bad? Well, it's just it's just it's just what is what it is. It really it is genuinely still a vegetable. So if you were to put that in the plastic recycling, it's the same as throwing a banana in, and a lot of this- people don't realise that. So again, really needs to be clearly labelled. Do we need some? Hold on, what on. happens if you put a banana in with your recycling? Is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> so if you put in anything organic, let's say banana, into yeah. your recycling, if it, say, were to go in with a plastic uh, bale yeah. and it ends up getting recycled, and I've been to the factories where they make plastic bottles and I've seen it with my own eyes, mm-hmm. they have, if it's not good enough recycled content, they end up with these little black organic streaks they just turn out these black streaks and they just have to throw out big big batches oh. um so you don't want to be accidentally putting this pla into the recycling ah. yeah um and that is something that is really confusing for consumers and then um that, can i ask yeah. the pla does that mean if it's made from vegetables yeah so can i put that in my compost and it'll break down oh yeah well that was that's the so this is the thing you know we said is it good or bad yes so this is the other thing about pla is that it it's it's too robust it won't break down in your home compost which is that problem you were having with your compostable yeah 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 right and so it's got a pla lining and uh, and that's the thing that probably keeps the water like exactly, keeps it from yeah. being. Although soggy. there are genuinely good ones as okay, well, um, okay. but it's just so confusing. I think with coffee, the easiest thing is to sit down and just have your coffee. <laughs> but anyway, so okay, so, so PLA. Um, so what you can do with it? The only this is actually the only thing you can do with PLA because, of course, remember what I was saying before about putting a, something biodegradable like something that has been alive, mm-hmm. which PLA has been alive because mm-hmm. it's from a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Remember what I was saying about what happens to that if it goes to the landfill? Yeah. So it's actually really bad to put it in the landfill as well. Because without the proper sort of oxygenation or air yep. flowing through yep. it, it, it turns doesn't... to methane it and leachate. To... Okay. Yeah. So all you can do with PLA that isn't actually like a diabolical option is to put it in an industrial composting facility. And the problem is we don't typically have access to that. God damn it. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool thing. And if you're ever at an event um, and they've got – because often they will have PLA stuff at events because everything's just disposable. Yeah. Typically – well, I guess it depends if it's like a zero-waste event and they're actually kind of managing their waste. But the events that I've been going to in Auckland recently, behind the scenes, they're – well, put it this way. If they've got the three bins out the front, so you've got a recycling bin, a composting bin, and a landfill bin, mm-hmm. at an event, if they've got a composting bin, that will all probably be going to a commercial composting facility. Which is that, good. So that'll be the one chance you get to use PLA as much as you like and 
throw it in the compost and how be all good. It, how, how do we at an individual level get access to that? To I'd, like getting our stuff into a commercial we composter? We can't. That, so that is the crux with what's the problem that's a with breakdown PLA. in the whole that's, chain. Yeah, that's a massive issue. And so that actually comes back to uh, the plastic bag ban. And they have not only banned plastic, they've banned bioplastic as well in terms of... Uh, a disposable, a single-use plastic bag. And that was right to do for the problems that you've outlined with, like, when we put that in a landfill, it creates all the methane. That's right. And the, um, well, so PLA. Like if, it, if it was a genuinely compostable one, like cornstarch, yeah. they always look and feel a bit different if it's yeah. one that actually will break down in your home compost. Yeah. So they are uh, technically fine. Um, but the, I think the real problem is if you go back to those frog guys, yeah. is that unless you're going to be really hardcore with legislating and being like a real cop in this field around, because this is what's going to be the next thing that's going to happen. If we ban plastic bags, but we don't ban all of those other things, everyone's just going to be saying, oh, well, my product's great because of this and that, and we're all going to have to become chemists to know whether it's cool or not whereas if you just go you know what guys let's just not use a single use bag like in a world that's running out of resources to design a whole bunch of stuff for single use does is just it doesn't matter what way you cut it it's not a great idea whether it's cornstarch or what yeah what is the the takeaway from this what would you say is the one thing that people should do to be able to make a positive impact related to the single use bags thing we've already had in our in new zealand in our country We've changed the law, which is fantastic. Mm. What is the ideal? Just set yourselves up with um, some bags, some good jute, canvas, hessian, something that's right. durable but natural that can be returned to the earth when you're done. Get a bag Get made a bag. of some organic materials. Yes, that's people. the take home. That's the actual take home message. Great. We'll make it the last thing that we say on this podcast so you remember it. Use a bag made of organic materials. Thank you so much to our podcast sponsor, Huckleberry. Find them online at huckleberry.co.nz for organic produce, whole food groceries, top quality supplements, and sustainable home and personal care products delivered to your door.